When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Blog Talk Radio. If you feel there's more to life than iPhones and iPads and mindless consumerism, if you're open to receiving information in all forms in any number of ways, if organized religion, organized political movements, and any kind of collectivism doesn't just quite cut it for you, if you engage in critical thinking, if you think for yourself, if you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream, if you believe that seriousness is a disease, if you're curious, then come, let us go on a journey together as we explore the outer limits of inner truth. Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth. I am your host, Ryan. And tonight, proudly present Chapter 96, Richard Sutphin. Without further ado, let us begin the interview. We are honored today to be with a living legend in the world of metaphysics and spirituality. We're with Mr. Richard Sutphin. He's the author of a multi-million dollar best-selling book, You Were Born to Be Together. He's written 21 other books. He is a pioneer in the metaphysical and new age movement, and he's joining us right now. Mr. Sutphin, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, Ryan. Good to be here. Thank, thank you. you for having me on your show. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right, Mr. Sutphin, before we um, let's begin, how did you get involved in metaphysics, and I'd love to know if you can tell our listeners your story about how you contacted, you spoke with a psychic who kind of revealed his life to you. What, is, what was your life going before this major revelation? Well, before that time, I was uh, in advertising, advertising design primarily. Um, I was living in Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, I was very happy doing what I was doing, but through a situation with a girl that I was dating, um, <laughs> I ended up going to a psychic to try to find out what was really happening. Well, she, was, she driving you, to, was she driving you crazy? Were you trying to figure out how to get out of the relationship? No. She was... Uh, what the situation was that uh, she was in contact, it seemed, I didn't realize it at the time at first, but... We were going to go to a, uh, a nightclub in the Scottsdale area down Tempe, the river bottom, and it was a huge country music um, nightclub. And we were war- we were playing on the Ouija board, and we were warned on the on the Ouija board to uh, uh, come back at six o'clock. And it was going to be very important, and if we didn't, there were going to be, you know, negative results. And so I had not ever dealt with the Ouija board, and so they had my attention from the beginning. And so we we went back on the Ouija board, and this girl had a um, a roommate, and so... The three of us had dinner, and then we went back on the Ouija board, and uh, it was totally, um, it was weird, because the girl I was dating, Carol, she um, couldn't figure out what was happening. Now, I could use the plochette along with her, and we'd get great results. If she put her hand on the plochette with her roommate, well, they didn't even have to touch it. It could be oh, about an inch above the plochette, and it would just fly around that board. And, now, were you freaked out? Uh, what, did you, what were you feeling at this time? Like, did it really terrify you? No, it didn't terrify me. I had enough background in reading 
it was not until later. I went and asked the psychic, uh, what could I do to solve this? And she said, get away from the girls. Uh, you just, whatever you do, don't be in their presence. So <laughs> that was that was it, basically. I said, I'm out of this unless you stop having contact through the Ouija board. Uh, they did, Carol would not even hear of that. She was way too intrigued, but at the same time terrified. But at the after I saw, the gal's name was Rose Figueroa, and um, she was a real good psychic. And I had my office about a block from uh, her house. And she told me three different things that were going to be happening in my future and um, before I left. And so they were, in one case, it was about I would go, I would be receiving a letter from a major publisher and I would be having a book uh, published. And the psychic also told me, you will write about these things in uh, real detail in the future. And she said, "Your one of your very best friends has got a, uh, uh, a very deadly disease right now, and you should contact him. And I did, and uh, it was lupus. And so she was right on that. I soon uh, had a contact from the publisher. So she really had my attention at this point in time. So I began to investigate what in the world was happening. And the more I found out, Ryan, the more, uh, the more I became convinced that I wasn't making this up. I mean, at first, you think you're kind of crazy. And uh, I think it was, I was simply being pulled into the... Uh, involvement with metaphysical things, I mean, real involvement with the metaphysical side of uh, life. And as a result, I started to take, uh, I took training, hypnosis training. I uh, attended, at this time, Scottsdale was a hotbed of, uh, of metaphysical, so was Phoenix, but the whole Valley of the Sun was just, uh, there were 400 organizations here at the time. And uh, so there were plenty of places to go to find out more. Uh, organizations, individuals, and I started checking with psychics. And uh, the more I found out, the more accurate I realized that, uh, you know, everything that I've been perceiving was I mean there was no doubt that it was all real, and so I took all the in, all the uh, courses I could take. I uh, so are you taking these courses? Are you learning to develop? I mean, are you feeling things? Or are you learning things more of like on an intellectual level? Are you learning intellectually to perceive these uh, new concepts, or, or are you feeling them? Like when when do you start seeing this, this uh, surge that happens from within? Yeah, well, it was uh, I was. Uh, I was feeling a surge, no doubt, and I, the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn, the more um, I was intrigued with the whole idea, and so I was kind of just drug into the uh, metaphysical side of life, and uh, the more I found out, the more I was intrigued, and uh, so I began to, after I'd received the hypnosis training, I started to have little gatherings at my house, and I experimented with it. What kind of experimenting? And, well, I just, I would take in, uh, I could fit 22 people in my living room, and so I just let the word out among people I knew, and I had a pretty uh, big group of friends, and they'd come over to the house, and I'd do group regression. And I know my teacher said, oh, my God, you can't do that. You can't do a group. It's bad. You know, you hypnotize people one at a time. And I explained the group was working perfect. You know, we were having great results. 
So you're doing group, and like, you're doing group, group hypnosis. Are you talking about um, regressing them to an earlier state of consciousness? Or are you doing an earlier life sure. regression? Sure, I had by this time I had found out about my own past lives quite a bit. All right, who, who, and so, we're curious about your past lives because we, we have a, a past life reader who's going to do it. So let's hold off on your past life. But were, were you shocked about what you learned? I was very shocked about what I learned. Yes, and, yes, I uh, I went and one after I stayed with this guy, and part of what he did was he would include a past life regression if you took six weeks of training. And I knew of no one who was doing this type of work at the time. I had read books by Brad Steiger and uh, a few other people, but uh, the actual past life regression, I don't know if there was anybody else in the Southwest who was uh, was offering that sort of thing. The um, The result was on the way home, I had, I mean, I learned in the session about some past lives, and on the way home uh, from the um, regression, I stopped at the uh, Phoenix Library and was able to look up the place. I'd never heard of it, but look up the place that I had uh, learned about, and it was all accurate. Everything that I um, that I had seen proved to be historically accurate. And uh, so now I was all the more intrigued with all of this. So I just kept investigating and investigating, uh, Ryan, and the end result was uh, I started to do more and more of the hypnosis. I started doing it with individuals, and I... Now, can you uh, you just explain about how you put someone under a past life, under a hypnosis for a past life regression, and what are some of the benefits of hypnosis? Because there are some people out there that I guess they're just waking up to the idea of being hypnotized. What essentially is happening when you're hypnotizing someone, and then how do you go from hypnotizing someone to regressing them to the point where they can recall a previous life? Like, what is the difference, um, speaking? Well, some, uh, first of all, you have to hypnotize them. And the hypnosis is not a difficult uh, thing at all, but it has to be, uh, you have to use techniques to do it. Uh, it's easily taught. <clears throat> I teach it now every year. And so, uh, uh, and I teach people how to regress. So it's a matter of using different techniques. It would get pretty technical. Um, as if I were to try to spell it all out, but they are simply being relaxed into an altered state of consciousness. So you make it uh, very comfortable for them. Um, you've got to convince them to trust you, the client, and uh, then you create the environment. I started working with mind electronics, uh, brainwave synchronizer, uh, different techniques that... Uh, really enhanced and accelerated the hypnosis process. And then you, again, you have to, uh, it's not easily explained in just five minutes, but you move them back into the past. And if you're looking for one particular thing, well, then you will get detailed about what you are moving them back to. I use it today, and I have from the very beginning, primarily as taking the person back to the cause of something in their life that uh, that is not working for them. So I found that uh, most of the things that are bothering people, issues, um, factors, that they don't know why they're being bothered, why if it's coming from a past life, I take them back to the cause. They, in my practice, because I see a lot of people privately, I take people back to the cause. And this will be something that's happened to them in a past life, or it could be something that happened to them at an earlier time in this life. But they don't remember it. Okay, and but most most of the time it's back to a past life, and it will be, chances are, a traumatic event 
something that was uh, was very hurtful or, uh, as I say, traumatic in some way, and it's still retained in the memory banks of their mind. You retain these past life memories in your mind, and they can be accessed quite easily if you know how. Okay. So, and now we go, when we, we find out what it is that's causing the problem, why, what will happen is that uh, if they feel guilty for something that they've done, or if they feel angry for something that uh, someone else has done to them in the past because they're looking at the event, why, if forgiveness is required, then we'll start a forgiveness process. And that can be, oh, 15, 20 minutes of really intently uh, focusing on the fact that they're sorry or uh, that they are willing to let go of what somebody else did for them. And, uh, and then we work on the actual letting go, forgiving, and uh, releasing the the old the cause. All right now, when you're putting people under hypnosis, uh, do you ever? How do you tell if someone's in hypnosis? How do you? How can they tell if what they're recalling is generally something from a previous life or something that is in their subconscious mind from like a TV show or something that they're they're pondering? Something maybe they really do wish they were a historical figure, and they start recalling information about them being a historical figure. How do they tell the difference between? Uh, what is what they desire, what is in their mind, to what is what is legitimately a real life, past life? Well, I can tell how deeply hypnotized somebody is um, just by their voice. I mean, I know if somebody is deep in trance or halfway deep in trance. So somebody who is in an altered state, a deep altered state, they're not going to lie. They will not. Um, they will not come up with a fabrication. My experience. Okay. Um, they could, uh, if they're in a lighter state of consciousness, if they're at the alpha level, say that's just barely down into the altered state. But I work to always get my clients into a theta level of mind. It's it's kind of a fragile level. It's very deep. Uh, I use mind electronics to help me uh, like a, like a, get them into that state. It's like a theta metronome? Yeah, well, this is uh, a, theta, uh, a theta wave. It's, uh, I have it on CD or MP3. And uh, so they are perceiving the... Uh, the mind electronics, which is keeping them from going too deep, it's, like I say, it's fragile. So it's easy for people to wake up in theta or to drop down into a regular normal sleep. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying that um, in the course of regressing people, have you ever brought someone from a future life, like somebody who re- is recalling a life that has not yet happened in this timeline, something that may have happened 100 or 200 years from now? Could they recall those lives? I have had a few things along that, but not enough to really speak about it, Ryan, because, uh, you know, if I were doing it all the time, I would feel very confident in saying, yeah, this is possible. And, uh, and yet, in my mind, all everything's probably happening at one time anyway. So I... It's not that I don't doubt or that I doubt what I have in taking people into the future, but and I've done future progressions of all kinds with large groups of people. If it's, say, oh, a few years ago I was moving people into, it was uh, probably back about five, six years ago, Everybody was interested in what was going to happen in um, 2012, you know, December 21, the date that the Mayan calendar was going to... uh, And everyone was freaked out about it. Yeah, and everybody was freaked out. And so 
I did a lot of uh, taking people back to that time. And, uh, boy, what, <laughs> what they saw <laughs> was, uh, was really was it brutal? impressive. What, yeah. What did they see? No, it was it basically, it was not. There was no big major change because that day has come and gone. Mm-hmm. But there was still the idea that major change was happening. And I think the major change would probably be um, the Obama administration is what was happening because that's turning our world upside down. So, uh, well, from a metaphysical I, perspective, do you think that any that that um, Obama? Do you think that that's here to I don't know help humanity in some way, shape, or form? Because sometimes I guess there are factors that come and they challenge humanity. And some people perceive them as very good. Some people perceive them as negative. But either way, um, a reaction causes another reaction. So, do you think that? Um, sure. Do you think that that is the challenge for humanity to either take it on or rise above whatever is being thrown at it right now? Oh, sure, it would be. It would be, and I see it not as a very good thing. I mean, personally, I, I'm very concerned about what we are going through as a country, as a nation at this point in time. What concerns you most about um, it? Well, we're moving rapidly into a socialistic uh, uh, <laughs> uh, number, w- number one. We are certainly moving very rapidly into uh, socialism. And there is so much uh, that's going on that is disturbing, even though much, not much of it is... Uh, is reaching the regular newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the regular newspapers are uh, totally yeah, in they're, step. they're doing the thing. But um, from a metaphysical perspective, what do you think is going to? Um, from what you can garner and feel, where do you feel the trajectory is going? And do you think that this will ultimately have to lead to a bounce back where you're going to have fierce independence? Um, like, what is the metaphysical purpose of this of uh, the country going this way? I would guess that it's all trial. I think everything is to learn uh, and grow. And so I would imagine there's a lot of learning and growing, and uh, there's going to have to be some major changes uh, made in regard to uh, what's happening. So... Uh, but again, I, as I tell everybody, and I tell myself and my wife and I, we, you know, it's all to learn and to grow. And to go beyond it. I want to tell our listeners a little bit more about Mr. Sutphin. Mr. Sutphin has been writing books about metaphysics and spirituality since the early 70s. He was a true pioneer in this, and he was writing things when no one really knew what New Age was. And uh, I always like to bring to Mr. Suffin's attention that um, you know, my beloved teacher, Stuart Wilde, really admired and respected you. And Stuart Wilde was seen as a very powerful metaphysical teacher. I also want to bring to the listeners' attention that Mr. Suffin has got a lot of really great CDs that are out there, CDs where you can do a past life regression for yourself. You can play the CD. He also has these astral projection CDs. They're really incredible. And um, one time I was doing the past life regression, and I went really deep, and I heard his voice, you're going down, you're in a very relaxed state. I remember the distinctive voice. And then I had this flash where I, <laughs> where I was this, you know, this very big lady in, like, in Japan, and I had six kids, and I was screaming. <laughs> screaming. They were all screaming at me, and that was supposed to be the reason why I'm hesitant about having kids in this life, so... <laughs> is that so? Yeah, really yeah right? that's what happened. Ah. That's what happened. Then as soon as I got up, I was like, ah, Stefan got me. No wonder why. It was, it was, it was a fun thing. Ah. But um, they were, <laughs> they were really amazing. They're truly, truly amazing. Um, you've contributed a lot. And you know what, Mr. Stefan, I like to talk about one of your books, um, out there called "You Were Born to Be Together," which is about soulmates. So can you please like, talk a little bit about that book, and what does it mean, and how? can people find their soulmate in this life? Primarily, I feel that you are going to meet your soulmate. Uh, you don't have any choice about it, really. If you've made the, the soul agreement 
to come together with someone else, you will find a way to meet that person. I mean, you know, the, they, you'll be guided and uh, you might be on a trip and, you know, you, uh, it's, you are only spending one hour in Duluth, Minnesota, but by God, that's on your journey. And as a result, why uh, you will be at that point in that time where you're going to meet the person who's going to be important to you. And uh, I, I don't think it's it's a matter you can. There are ways to uh, call out, to program your mind, uh, to be open and receptive to a soulmate. Okay, and how would you uh, do it? What would you be some of those ways you could do it? Well, number one, you could uh, you're going to have to go out into the world and meet people. You can't stay home. I've had people contact me, and I say, well, what are you doing to, find, to meet your soulmate, to find your soulmate? And they say, nothing. I just stay home in the evenings, and I don't take part in any, um, in any activities, really. I don't go to a church group, or I don't go to clubs, or I don't do anything. And so I will usually ask them, well, how do you expect to meet a soulmate if that's the, the situation? If you aren't making yourself available to meet lots of people in the world, to become involved with, with other people. And um, <laughs> I guess this doesn't occur to them. People will uh, simply, you have to be involved. You have to uh, make yourself available. Yeah, yeah. I I always tell people, well, you're not going to, um, your soulmate's not going to climb in the bedroom window, you know, and you're not going to meet that way. But my daughter did meet. (laughs) Your soulmate may be be a stalker. (laughs) Yeah, your soulmate. (laughs) And I wondered for a while about him. Oh, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, but. So, you know, that, in that case, well, she was uh, her senior year in high school, and the guy did come through the, be- uh, the bedroom window, and, uh, and it turned out to be very, uh, for many years, it was a very uh, important relationship. So, but it wasn't the ultimate soulmate relationship because he's gone on down the, uh, down the line now. Okay. So. Well, God, some of them don't go... I mean, Stephen, I know we, we do have limited time, so I do want to um, ask you a couple, some more uh, things that you've talked about. One of the most compelling um, pieces of work that I've read that you've done, I don't know if it was necessarily was a book, but it was more of an essay. You had really described in thorough detail about how going to an organized religion uh, ceremony is basically a trance-inducing ceremony that keeps people kind of locked in. And you really described articulately about how the music plays and how there are certain beats and then it all kind of leads a person onto this thing, so they're kind of like in a state of hypnosis. Is there a way you can possibly explain that and relay that and uh, talk about how that type of uh, hypnosis is used throughout other types of ceremonies certainly. and presentations? Certainly, certainly. Uh, <clears throat> the easiest way to hypnotize someone is to use your voice a paced way. In other words, pace the words in the voice, and you'll see the kids oftentimes um, out in the park with some type of an amplifier, and they are speaking. They're doing the work for their church in their mind, and they're going out, and they are pacing their voice. Now, a lot of people will fall into uh, a state of hypnosis the moment they are hearing the voice that would sound like this, and as they accentuate the words and they keep up at that pace, Ryan, they'll go into trance, they'll go into hypnosis. But there are also so many techniques that are used to convert people or to enforce the fact that they are part of the 
organized religion. Um, the Catholic religion, the um, the smudge pot or the uh, the smoke and uh, with the incense, that every time, every week, people go into the uh, into the church and they go through this same ritual, and the ritual itself becomes a mind programming situation. So when they start to swing the incense pot and the, the smoke, and uh, if it's being done really well, the, uh, the priest is going to talk and taste language, and um, all the born-again Christian people um, use this technique of paste language. And so they go down into an altered state of consciousness. Now they are hearing the suggestions as commands. I mean, quite literally, because they're not threatened by the questions or not threatened by the what the minister might be saying. So when they're saying that it's time to give to God, give to God, give to God. As the suggestions are being paced and delivered, uh, they will decide, well, it's time to give to God, and they will, uh, they will open up their wallets. Um, and I'm not putting that down, the idea that people giving in church, that's a wonderful idea. I have a problem with it being manipulated, uh, as it so often is, to where it's a hypnotic command. Um, but that is just one of the techniques, one of the ways that it's being used. Uh, I have out on my website, a, uh, anybody that wants to go to this richardsutphin.com, I have something about the battle for your mind. It's free, and uh, I think there's a little button up there that says free stuff, and it'll tell you exactly how some of the human potential organizations, the churches and so on, uh, what they do to help you along. In other words, they are trying to get you into an altered state of consciousness. They even build churches nowadays so that they can darken them down. They've got great speakers. And so it's designed to generate an altered state. Now, an altered state of consciousness is the same as saying meditation, is the same as saying hypnosis. So an altered state is hypnosis. So... The, uh, the minute they can use that or create that very easily uh, in the church, the more that they can depend upon the financial support, um, the support of people becoming really involved in the church. I, I like to send, uh, if I'm doing a training, I'm going to be doing a training here this summer, down in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, there's a born-again church, and I tell them, I want you to go to that church uh, this weekend because you will see master hypnotists at work. And uh, it's true. So I've been sending people over to that <laughs> church to observe for a long time, have you ever many, many years. Have you ever sent someone over and they're they like, you know what, we're, we're going to stay at the church. Yeah, we're going. We're going to join. <laughs> we're going to join. You know, um, and if what yeah. we consider that a negative aspect of the programming, I want to bring to the listeners' attention a very positive aspect about uh, the hypnosis programming, and that is a lot of your um, sleeping CDs. Mr. Suffin has come out with I don't know, must be about fifty or sixty of these CDs. I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating with the in terms of the how many CDs, but you play these CDs um, when you're sleeping. And they're very yeah, sure. yes, and they're very subtle beats. And some of them are about um, generating more revenue. Some of them are about finding love in your heart. Some of them are about being happier. Um, I want to just tell the listeners that from personal experience, I have listened to several of these CDs, 
and they've been very, very positive. And it's so important for you guys to, to go to Mr. Sutton's site to learn about them. And then once you learn about them and you, you really um, you see them and you really respect them, the, um, the CDs were going to have an even more profound positive impact in your life. Um, so can you please explain like, how does sleep hypnosis work? What happens? You're in a delta state of uh, sleep. And then how do those CDs kind of mesh in with your dream stance and kind of work sure. with your mind? The, um, the, um, yeah, I've, <laughs> well, a lot of my CDs, you can use probably a couple hundred of them in that way. Um, but the idea, Ryan, is to simply go to sleep listening to um, the tape or the MP3. And like for me, uh, my iPhone is, uh, you know, I've got about 3,000 songs on it and probably about 100 different uh, uh, CD programs or MP3 programs, I should say. And so I use this all the time. I'll just go to sleep and... So I'm awake at first. I'm getting the suggestion. Okay, there is about 15 minutes more left of the initial interview with Mr. Sutphin, and you can listen to the rest of that original interview on our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com, and there will also be linked on our YouTube channel. Right now, here is the analysis on Mr. Sutphin by our four virtues. Joining us now for reading into the energy field of Mr. Sutphin. Is an unbelievable and incredible psychic medium, Miss Carrie O'Connor. You can learn more about Carrie O'Connor by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. Miss Carrie, what did you learn about Mr. Sutton? I found Mr. Sutton very, very interesting. When I looked into his energy fields, I, it's fascinating to me that um, he does the um, hypnosis in the past life because I saw that he spent many, many incarnations in two very different life, life um, themes. One of them where he was the explorer. He would be the one, that, let's say, the gold rusher going into ships and exploring new lands. And part of that was very solo, really being getting a small group of people and having that forerunner energy and not being afraid of exploring unknown territories. And here he brings people into exploring their unconscious, subconscious patterns. I think that was so fascinating. I also saw other parts of his energy field where he was leader teacher, where he had a lot of responsibility and was uh, just even saying politics. I saw a real strong theme with him of Roman, Roman times. I saw him transfigure into a Roman soldier, and I see him holding like the um, the whole garb of the Roman soldier, and he's putting his, like, um, just to say it looks to me like a stick in the ground, and there's a real sense of lifetimes of holding strong boundaries, that leader energy. He's got a lot of royalty energy in him, a lot of royalty lifetimes. And so oh, you say you're royalty? Go ahead. Oh, you- yes, definitely royalty. Many lifetimes is royalty in politics and the leadership role. In the other ones, imagine somebody going off and exploring the new land. So they have, you know, a couple of ships and they go off and they explore. It wasn't tons of people. So he has this, in this lifetime, the flexibility of being able to do group hypnosis to all the books he wrote. So he's, he's, you know, communicating and giving people keys to unlock themselves, to explore the, you know, the areas that were um, not explored before. And that's what I saw him do in lifetime after lifetime. That always fascinates me because I always call it the themes that we come in here with. I thought it was fascinating when he was shared his experience of bringing people into group hypnosis, and you asked the question of what about when you're in a class and a lot of people think they're Cleopatra or Caesar or Jesus or that kind of thing. I've experienced that myself. And what he explained is that when you're in that deep, deep hypnotic state that the unconscious, subconscious patterns don't lie, and what some people can get into is the archetypal energy of, let's say, Joan of Arc, so they can feel that, again, forerunner energy that they feel that they were um, leaders of their time, but they didn't mean that they were necessarily Joan of Arc. So he comes in to help explore, again, explore the unknown territories in this land and in other lands. He definitely, I call him a multidimensional traveler, just to let's say that, <laughs> literally. Um, in terms of uh, this, just something goes, do you think that uh, he has brought a lot, do you think he influenced a lot of teachers, he's very influential, and do you think that um, his... Um, does he have a particular set of guides that are currently working with him in this life right now? 
I see the guides that I, I look like a lot of Metatron energy around him, and I call it the mountain people, the, um, the mountain energy. And the mountain energy in shamanism that I studied was connected very much to the Elohims, like the Godhead. So he has, let's just say, a group of guides with him that are really helping him, to, like, bridge the stars to the earth or bringing people into getting out of their, their current mindset. So many people are just stuck in, to the, they get up in the morning, they turn the alarm clock, they take a shower, they come home, they go to work, and they're just they're not exploring other parts of themselves. So he helps people, and he's very influential as far as healing many past life things. There's so many times where we are just talking before off the air about people being stuck with patterns of relationships or money, and it's what I call a past life hangover. So he helps people that way. To me, when I see somebody handing keys from their heart and they're like throwing a bunch of keys or codes to an individual, that's what he does. And those keys help unlock people from literal holding patterns in the energy field. So when I see, also see Metatron, the energy, Metatron comes in when there's pivotal change. We are changing the earth and he's definitely connected to that energy. A lot of times you see sacred geometry with Metatron too, or at least I do, or different kind of sounds. So I'm not surprised he explored a lot of different healing techniques because he kind of combines them all together. And with the 21 books that he wrote, he definitely helps, addresses everything from um, soulmates down to how to pass life regressions, how to attract all that. So that's the energetic flexibility that I was talking about. And again, he's not afraid to go into those areas that are unknown, or you know, that's what I keep on seeing with him. It could be imagine going into the um, East Coast was discovered, and you're going to the West Coast, and you didn't know if those lion, tigers, or bears, and what you to expect weather-wise. He was has that forerunner energy where he's excited about that and creates an energetic path versus playing it safe and have other people go in front of him. That was a fantastic analysis, Miss O'Connor. Thank you, thank you so much. To learn more about Carrie O'Connor. I'd like you all to go to our website at kerryoconnor.com. Joining us now for some insight on the legendary Mr. Richard Suffin is Miss Constance Stellis, a phenomenal astrologer. You can learn more about her by going to her website at constancestellis.com. Miss Constance, what did you learn about Mr. Suffin? Well, Mr. Suffin is uh, 77 years old, uh, a good age to be. And he, like our uh, the other person, uh, Chris, we were speaking about, is also an Aries. Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. Uh, he is the pioneer. He is the spark. He gets everything going. And in a childlike, and I mean that because of the freshness and newness of the energy, Aries uh, wants to blaze a new path. And Richard... Um, is in kind of prime form for continuing the work that he's done for many, many years. And I noticed, I did see his website, that he lives in Sedona, uh, Arizona, or at least works there. And Sedona is a pretty um, <laughs> magnificently charged place. Um, you know, people have talked about the vortex. And I think that the energy there is kind of a jumping off spot for a lot of people to transform their consciousness, their physical life, their spiritual life, all sorts of transformations. Um, so he definitely has been tuned up in that spot. Now, he, as he lives and breathes at this moment, is an exact mirror of the two planets that are having a battle royal in the cosmos right now. That is Uranus and Pluto. Uranus is in the sign of Aries, and Pluto is in the sign of Capricorn. And Richard has the sun in Aries and the moon in Capricorn. So uh, I'm glad that he is doing the work that he's doing because had he not pursued such a pattern of, of, let's say, growth, he would be feeling pretty crotchety, pretty old, and pretty uncomfortable right now. I mean, I don't know. He may still be feeling uncomfortable, but I think that he has... The, the wisdom and the tools, I noticed in his uh, website, um, the banner says, Wisdom Erases Karma. And I think that that's a fabulous phrase for him because he understands the dynamic between kind of assertive, quick, sharp action and then slow, deep um, change, which would be Pluto and Capricorn. Uh, he is a leader 
and yes, of course, a teacher. And we spoke about the um, other um, gentleman, Chris, having a grand air trine. I don't know if I mentioned that, but he had a lot of air in his chart. Richard has an overwhelmingly earth chart, and he has a grand earth trine. So his he comes from different generation. He is very, very attuned with the practicalities of life on this planet and at the same time blazing a trail in new ways of thinking and um, it's not even thinking, new ways of feeling and perceiving um, reality. Wow. And um, I think that uh, he has wisdom and is also sharing it in a very uh, fundamental way. And... Um, He's he's uh, he's worked very hard to achieve achieve the uh, serenity and um, um, spiritual sensitivity that that he has. That's wonderful. And do you think that uh, can I we Mister? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw something at you. It's kind of a little random, but Mister. Suffin and I talked about um, some of his CDs that he put out, and one of those mm-hmm. CDs were about brain control, mind control. And mm-hmm. I said that you know you're going to put out a DVD about how people can use the power of the mind to grow back their hair. And we kind of got excited. We both kind of got like little kids and started getting and laughing at it. And just based on your gut feeling, Miss Constance, could this potentially be the next big thing? Can we find a metaphysical cure to baldness? Well, that's just, I mean, that's kind of neat. I'll tell you why. Metaphysical, no. I think it's got to be physical. Okay. But mind control increasing circulation in the brain in one way or another has to help baldness. And Richard has Leo rising. And if there's anybody in this world that is interested and has beautiful hair, it's a Leo. So I think that he has uh, the astrological signature of somebody that could be interested in that and, and might very well pull it off. I mean, why not? Why not? You should, you should boy, if you do that, you're, you're, you're set for life, yeah. Um, in terms of what you're able to, to see what his reading is, do you think that um, he's probably somebody who will have a lasting impact in human consciousness or somebody that uh, will be... I think he's made a big contribution already and and uh, he's not finished yet. He's going to be around for a while. So, But I, I should say he is very much tuned into his own growth right now. I think he's delivered his message in lots of ways. And, you know, if he comes up, if you come up with a, a cure for, a metaphysical cure for baldness, he'll, he'll pitch in for sure. But I think he's very much um, tuned into what his soul and spirit needs. Ah, that's great. Constance, that was an incredible analysis. Thank you so much. Learn more about Michael. Constance. Oh, right. Learn more about no, Constance. I was just going to say my pleasure. <laughs> Learn more about Constance by going to her website at ConstanceStellis.com. Thank you so much. Who was Mr. Sutman in a previous life? Well, we're going to find that answer right now by going to our past life reader and psychic phenom, Miss Laura Lynn. You can learn more about Miss Laura Lynn by going to her website at angelreader.net. Miss Lynn, what can you tell us about Mr. Sutman? Well, I love him. I, I started doing a little research on him a little, oh, about a year ago, and I've heard of him through the years, and he has been doing a marvelous job at getting information out there about hypnotherapy. And in examining his past life, I have found a couple things that I feel is very interesting. Going back hundreds of years, he was a Buddhist uh, monk, um, very deep in his religion, very deep in meditation, and he learned the art well. He once he started this, he relatively got addicted to it, if you will. He enjoyed that space, that time, and learned to control his body to the point where I do believe that he was doing uh, some magic roles within his body where he was levitating and uh, just doing feats that we really can't even imagine. Um that was getting very popular to a group of people and he became very well known. Now he died very peacefully and I don't have, I didn't have reported through 
any messengers or spirit guides that there was anything that was uh, traumatic in this lifetime. It was very peaceful and simply amazing, the energy that he flowed through. Now, coming to a little bit more modern time, he was a Jesuit, 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 oh, can we cut that part out? Okay. Can you say Jesuit for me? Jesuit. Jesuit. That's right. Okay. Thank you. Um, So let's just start again. Three, two, one. So coming into modern times, he was a Jesuit priest, uh, writer, philosopher, and Spirit is telling me right now he was not a priest. Uh, He was a philosopher. He was a writer, and he did uh, interview many priests, but he did not, uh, he was not looked upon as a priest, but as a beautiful writer, he had a beautiful penmanship and the, the words just flowed through him rather magically. So he was well-respected and again, I don't see that he had any extreme traumatic um, upsets in his life. He was more here to bring knowledge and to help expand and open the mind. Okay. And do you, are you surprised at the amount of work he's, he's put out in a very short period of time? And yes, he's 77 years old, but you think about the amount of CDs that he's put out more CDs and more DVDs and more books that I can fathom in terms of uh, his teachings. Really? That is fascinating. And it, you know, I, I am not really surprised, uh, in that when I'm looking at his past, he has such a wealth of knowledge and all that energy and in, in the cellular memory is, is in there to, to access. His higher self is very aware. Um, so he is here to, to pump out that information and to share it. And to, is he going to come back again? We, we, is he going to come back anytime soon? And uh, will he come back as something different? I mean, do you think that he seems to be like an old, he reminds me of like an old sage. Like he's been around for Yes, and it feels like he is coming back because he has so much knowledge to share, and it seems like the time period when he comes back will be quick, very okay. quick. I I don't think he's going to settle to be on the other side where he doesn't feel that energy that he can share knowledge on, on a huge you know basis. Next lifetime, he's going to be even bigger, a, a household name, and very very intriguing. I don't feel like he's going to work in politics. I really believe he's going to be, again, a philosopher, uh, a, a teacher. Oh, wow. That's really great. Miss Lynn, thank you so much. That was a phenomenal insight on Mr. Dick Sutton. And you can learn more about Miss Laura Lynn by going to her website at angelreader.net. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Joining us now for some insight on Mr. Dick Sutton is psychic medium extraordinaire. Miss Lisa Casa, learn more about Lisa by going to her website at soulpsychics.com. Lisa, what can you tell us about Mr. Sutton? Mr. Sutton, the very first thing I'm going to say is this is a man that I really, really, really want to meet in person. He's someone that I swear I could probably sit in a room and talk to for hours. And knowing both of us there, what I'm picking up from him and then what I know of myself, you probably won't be able to shut us up. <laughs> We'd be there for hours. Uh, Mr. Sutton is definitely an old soul. He's a very old soul, a very wise man. Um, and uh, I've noticed that in being uh, a very old soul, and I connected that with, he is the number one hypnosis. I'm going to say that for a reason. Are you talking about in this life? In, it's in this life. He is the hypnosis master. And the reason for that is I see his spirit so, I hope he doesn't take this the wrong way, but he's so old. His time goes literally all the way back to, to ancient Egypt, back to the time of Imhotep. My God, so would you say, was he in a homeroom with Jesus? Um, I wouldn't necessarily, I wasn't seeing that, but I, I, like I was seeing... Um, like him, like in the time of Imhotep, okay. being a priest oh. in those sleep and dream temples in, in ancient wow. Egypt. 
I see him being in Greece, doing the same thing in the sleep temples, being a, a hypnosis, I'm hit with that once again, a hypnosis master. Um, yeah, he is a very, very intriguing spirit. And I think that maybe his connection with ancient Egypt is probably the reason why, like I too, for some reason, I feel a strong affinity for ancient Egypt. So I think that's why we get along so well, especially one old soul to another old soul. Like, and and you know what? In in being an old soul, he is a definite teacher. He's also a teacher, and that's his purpose. His purpose is teaching and metaphysical healing through hypnosis. Those are his life purposes. And notice how, you know, with wise ones, you ask a question, well, you better sit down and grab a coffee and a cigarette if you smoke, and, and you're going to be, better be ready to sit and listen because if you notice, he gives you the most thorough answers that he possibly can. On and on and on he goes. But that's with good intentions. But that's because he wants you, he wants to make sure that you are fully understanding the concepts that he's trying to put out there. Okay. And do you think that, um, I was going to say that uh, he, he will continue to do his teachings once his, this physical life has uh, ended? Yes. Because I'm, I'm being told that uh, he's going to be needed again and again. Like uh, he, he's probably very tired at this point. But he can't ignore the calling that I feel um, in, in the universe. Like I said, he's, he's the master. He's the hypnosis master. He's the healing master and teacher. And we're going to continue to need his expertise in, he, in healing through hypnosis. Wow. So most definitely. And one thing I wanted to point out to you too was I found it very interesting when you you brought up with him the the um, the topic of the potential economic collapse and and society today. N- did you notice how he didn't quite know how to answer that? Mm-hmm. You notice that? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because it's irrelevant to his spirit's purpose and interests. It's he he's more aligned to nature and earth and, and you know, nature spirituality because in between like I mentioned like the lifetime of Greece and the lifetime of ancient Egypt, but realize too that he's also been many, many lifetimes as that of a Native American shaman and seer. And with Native Americans in those many, many years ago, they didn't have a need or desire even to rely on money or commerce, realize the quote-unquote white man actually introduced money and commerce to to natives. So to his spirit, like it's it's not necessarily that he doesn't care. It's not that he doesn't care. He cares, but it's not a priority for him or his spirit because the attitude is, well, it's there. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. So what? We just have to do our thing. Get through it. Yeah, do our thing because you know what? It's it's going to all balance out, and we're going to go right back to the way that it's supposed to be. Okay, so, so wait, what are you saying? This he seems to be one who's aligned more in nature. So do you think that could be a primary lesson that maybe all of us can learn that if we look at nature, nature has uh, sustained the test of time throughout all of life that we've come to know on Earth. Nature goes on, and it seems to sustain itself, and it goes on, and it seems to be in a harmonious balance with the Earth. Whereas consumerism or any kind of ism seem to, to, to take their peaks yet eventually die out. So do you think that um, the more alignment to nature could be a lesson that we could all learn? Definitely. Definitely. I couldn't have said it any better myself. And I, I think, though, that maybe this is something um, that Mr. Sufin doesn't even really realize that he's putting out there himself. But that's one of the strongest things that I, I, I felt when when I was listening to him talk, especially when he didn't know how quite to answer that. He's never given it that much thought because there's no point to it. It's, oh yeah, it's definitely, Ryan, I completely agree, and that's the way it's going to be. Eventually, that's the way it's going to be. Miss Lisa Kaza.
Thank you so much for that amazing insight of Mr. Dick stuff. And please learn more about learn more about Miss Lisa by going to her website at soulpsychics.com. Thanks again so much, Lisa. Oh, thanks for having me, Ryan. It's always right. fun. That wraps it up another episode of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth. You can learn more about the show by going to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. I want to thank Mr. Sutton. I want to thank Carrie O'Connor, Lisa Kaza, Laura Lynn, and Ms. Constance Dallas, and all of you for being a part of this program. Till we see each other again, have an unbelievable rest of the week. Thank you for joining us tonight. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood.